0: All will come at the table. There is a place just for you. No condemnation at the table. There is a place. So my family has been watching the weather forecast for 10 days. And I need to take a little uh, hand survey here in the room. How many of you are hoping that it looks like this tomorrow morning and it's white? How many of you are hoping for snow? So yes, no, raise your hand. There's the yes, snowers. How many of you are like no snow, no, no snow? What's well, like half and half it's, it's, how, how can a group of people be so divided and together in one room here's, here's a photo of, of what maybe some of us are hoping it will look like our family actually I'm playing our hand right now showing you our hand we are actually hoping for snow but not the snow to last for a long time just for enough to get down the hill a few times on the sled and then it can melt away with snow comes cold Uh, some of you actually have uh, said yes I'll help out in the meow which is what McKinney calls their cold weather shelter that we sometimes get to host uh, and say yeah thank you for doing that Uh, with cold also comes something else that our fire we like fire in our house now our our house I'm sad does not have a real fireplace this is my parents fireplace I actually asked them to take a picture of it yesterday my dad said he spent time last week they live in east texas gathering firewood in case they lose electricity they could use the fire to eat heat the house now why would he gather firewood do you think it would work just to have a log and put it in the fireplace Would the log last all weekend alone no in fact if, if a log alone does not make a fire you might say it's not good for logs to be alone Uh, this is my attempted transition from the cold weather to our table here right now this is what I'm doing we like to come around the fire as a family and it's kind of a bonding moment for us to be around the fire together and to be together while we watch the logs together one of the ways you put out a fire you know this is separating the logs it's not good for logs to be alone in our world today, uh, there have been a lot written actually about this of late. Uh, Here's a very recent article. This was Christmas Eve a few weeks ago. USA Today released an article that they titled Americans are lonely and it's killing them. How the U.S. can combat this new epidemic. Here's a few survey stats that were not from hands that they just asked people to put up in the room, but a lot more professional survey. One in two adults in the U.S. are living with measurable levels of loneliness. It's most extreme on the older and younger ends. And so older end, 50 to 80-year-olds, loneliness. It's hard for me to say 50 to 80 is older because I'm getting close for the record, but here we go. That... Grew from 27% that considered themselves lonely in 2018 to 56% in 2020. Now, you might note 2020 is when the epidemic came. Yes. Uh, but they also noted in the article that it hasn't gone down much afterwards. We're still much higher than we were before the pandemic with loneliness. For those that are 18 to 25, 61% report feeling serious loneliness. Was loneliness really serious? Yes, uh, loneliness is not just sad for you, it's actually bad for you. In fact, here's more stats on how bad it is for you. It's literally going to kill some people. Here's what it told us in the article. Premature death increases by 26%, heart disease 29%, risk of stroke 32%, the equivalent of smoking up to 15 cigarettes a day if you're living lonely. So what's the solution? If loneliness is growing in our culture, the article argued, the solution is social connectedness. It's not good for logs to be alone or people. They <laughs> said so we need to have connection in our lives. And they specifically talked about reaching out to people that you care about, to look for ways to serve others around you, and to make the time count when you're around other people by giving full attention and turning off your electronic devices. That sounds like good advice, doesn't it? Does God have anything to say about this? If loneliness is a problem, does God have anything to say about it? Yes, well, God is the one that said even before sin entered the world, it's not good for man to be alone. He made Adam and Eve, but we learn in the New Testament that you don't actually have to be married to be connected. In fact, you can be full and complete in Christ in the community that he gives us in the church. The word church is actually assembly. It's people coming together, and in the church, we learn what God intended community to be like. If you have a Bible, I invite you to open it to Acts chapter 2. If you don't own one, we'd love to give you the black one in front of you, or if you just left yours at home because you were thinking about your coat, that's Totally makes sense. You can use that one, or if you're going to use an electronic device, that's fine. Maybe put it in airplane mode after you find Acts two. What we what we've already seen in the book of Acts, Jesus, he died, he rose again, and Acts begins with us learning that he stuck around with his disciples for some forty days after the feast of Passover, teaching his disciples what it looked like to live in the kingdom and then he gives the great commission to his disciples to make disciples of all nations we as a church believe right we have a mission to make disciples who live in love like Jesus and then he goes up into heaven says I'm going to come back disciples spend seven days some 120 followers of Jesus at the time in an upper room praying and the Holy Spirit then comes in power and God Empowers Peter to preach at Pentecost what we read about last week, his teaching using the Old Testament books of the Bible to point them to Jesus and who he is and what he has done. And 3,000 people place their faith in Christ. Suddenly in Jerusalem, there's like 1st McKinney. There's like a whole bunch of people. Well, what are they going to do? We're going to read that they connected. Socially, on a supernatural level. So in order to honor God's words, stand with me. I'll start reading in verse 42. <clears throat> and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved if you're comfortable on your knees I want to invite you to kneel if not you can just sit down maybe in the room you feel alone or maybe you have someone you love that you know is lonely maybe you wouldn't describe it that way but you would like to go deeper in the community you're part of right now whatever group that is can you just be honest with God about that for a minute just talk to him about it Desiring to grow community. And we see Acts two, Peter's sermon was empowered by the Spirit after people prayed. So would you pray for the Holy Spirit to empower this moment what I what I say and also what you hear Now oh, heavenly Father God Abba now speak through your spirit to your children and glorify your son Jesus name amen if you're part of our church uh, you've heard that our mission is to make disciples you may not have seen that we actually have a discipleship pathway that you're going to hear a lot about this year I'll put it on the screen here for just a second this is what we believe from the bible we are called to do as a church we are to worship God and a lot of people think that's yeah that's what church is supposed to do you gather to worship you're here in the room some of you online around your fire probably (laughs) are worshiping at home today that's a wonderful thing we also believe you're called to worship God individually outside of this room we also what we're going to read about study this month believe God has called us to live in community in the church serve others and make disciples so what does it look like to live in community well, we're going to look at the early church, this description of the early church, and see what they did, and invite God to use us, to work through us, to bring community to the groups that we are part of as we seek to live in community in our church. Y'all with me? All right, here we go. Verse 42, what were they doing? They were devoting themselves, the early church, they were devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and the breaking of bread and the prayers. They devoted, devoted. What does the word devoted mean? Well, the word devoted uh, means to persist in or to persevere in something. And the word itself, you don't need to know Greek to know this, uh, the, the word implies work it implies that it's not easy that it requires effort and what the early church did in their early community when they connected and God, God wants community for us and it's a wonderful beautiful thing and, and we I think realize on some deep level that we we are intended for community and we want community most people even if you're an introvert want to have good friends right When they got together, they worked at it. We're saying it this way through the series. This was a a line that I took from a talk years ago. Biblical community is forged, not found. They devoted themselves. Now maybe at one point in your life, and if you're here today and you don't have community, we want to invite you to the tables in our church and we hope that you can find community. But when, when we use the word finding community, I think we, we don't sometimes recognize that it, you don't just get to have close relationships apart from work. But I've got good news. Christian community has a supernatural power helping it happen through you. So they devoted themselves, it says, to... The apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread, and the prayers. Biblical scholars will point out, uh, maybe your translation doesn't show it, but there is a definite article between each of the four things that he lists in this verse. And scholars will say if he was just listing off what what he thought they were doing and it kind of all meshed together, he probably wouldn't have put the definite article before each one of these things. This was important for him that you saw that what they were doing was devoting themselves, working hard at, forging the apostles' teaching, the fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayer. So last week we looked at apostles' teaching. This week we're going to look at fellowship. So before we jump into what does it do, what do they do for fellowship? What does the word fellowship mean? All right. Fellowship uh, the word fellowship is a word. Maybe you've heard in Greek before, if you've been around church. It's koinonia. It means literally a deep social connection. You might have grown up with a church that had a fellowship hall, and that's where the social gatherings happened. It, it's it's where that what the USA Today article was saying we need. That's that kind of is where the room that was assigned for it, right? Fellowship is a deep social connection with others. But if you skip to verse 44, we don't just see the word koinonia in the passage. We see the root word that it comes from, koinos, in verse 44. It says, all who believed were together and had all things, what's the words, in common. All who believed were together and had all things in common common we're going to read in the passage what some people think was early communism and it is not communism but it is a connection not just with each other but a connection that is for each other there's a sharing when someone else has a need where you step up to meet that need in the other person's life so here's the definition I'll give for fellowship before we jump in to how do we forge it fellowship is a deep connection with and for each other do you want that well if it's truly forged not found our illustration through this series is the table started today with firewood the logs at the table are really the chairs, right? There's only one chair. You don't have community, it doesn't work. You need to have the other chairs around the table. But if if you want to be part of community, you need to be part of helping make the community happen to to work at it, to forge the community that you're in. And so we're using the illustration of serving the table, to, to set the table. And so here we go, setting the table for fellowship. First thing we're going to see in the passage, if you want to be part of helping forge community, set the table for community in your groups, fellowship. You need to connect to the cook. <laughs> if, if if you want, in the groups that you are part of, and there are a lot of different groups in the church, uh, if you want to be part in your men's group and your life group, and if you want to be part in your off-campus group, your on-campus group, your, what does it look like for you to help make fellowship happen in your group? Connect to the cook. Well, where do we see it in the passage? Go back with me to verse forty-four. The verse I just read. says, all who believed were together and they had all things in common. Who was together? All who believed. Those who had connected to Jesus by grace through faith. You can back up to verse 41, the verse right before this passage, telling us what they did. It says, so those who received his words peter had taught on who jesus is and what jesus has done there's a real king and a real kingdom his name is jesus he is the christ the son of god and is loved by his grace jesus lived a perfect life died in our place for our sin rose again and he's coming back you repent believe and follow him you get to connect to him be part of his kingdom now and forever verse 41 says it was those who received they were connected to jesus the cook They were the ones that were doing this. Verse 47, as it closes it, says the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. How are you saved? You're saved by entering into a relationship with Jesus. By by, by grace through faith, placing your faith in what he has done, you have now access to God individually. 1 John, John was one of Jesus' closest friends on earth. You want to talk about someone who's connected to Jesus? It was John, and he was one of the inner three closest friends. He writes in 1 John chapter 1 that he wants to tell us who Jesus is and what he has done why. That which we have heard and seen we proclaim also to you so that you may have fellowship, a deep connection with and for each other, Fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Christian community is just like any other relationship outside of the church if it is not Christian. Uh, what do I mean by that? It changes when you and I have a real and deep connection with Christ. Tomorrow's a holiday, right? Anybody, what's tomorrow? Martin Luther King Day. Uh, Many of you know Martin Luther King was a pastor, and he taught on biblical community and really taught about how God can bring supernaturally people that you would think wouldn't come together together because of Jesus. And here's a quote from Martin Luther King. The end is the creation of the beloved community. And it is this type of spirit and this type of love that can transform opposers into friends. The type of love that I stress here is not eros, the sort of aesthetic or romantic love, not philia, a sort of reciprocal love between personal friends, but it is agape, which is understanding goodwill for all men. It is an overflowing love which seeks nothing in return. It is the love of God working in the lives of men. Uh, This year I'm reading through, which many of you are doing, reading through scripture with a, a group of other men. And we are really trying to encourage and challenge each other to follow Christ. And I grow so much in those relationships. And this week one of the men in my group really challenged me he encouraged me in my relationship with the cook Jesus and he was across the table from me and he said Sam you know there are four ways that people try to connect to God the four ways that he listed and actually texted back and forth him after it's like I'm taking notes from our conversation I want to make sure I get these words right ritual which some of you grew up in a ritualistic church some try to connect to God through rituals some try to connect to God through doctrine some Bible teaching churches think that okay the way you're going to get close to God is just by getting more in your head some third try to connect to God through rules Uh, I'm going to get closer to God based on the what I wear what I eat what I say or don't say right finally there are those who can connect to God by grace through faith in a relationship and then he just talked at the table about the new testament and how God taught us Jesus God in the flesh on earth his son taught us to connect to God and talk to him as Abba father that that we are his children uh, the, the constant New Testament references that now because of Jesus and what he has done, uh, one of the things that we're, we're, we're called in the church as, is we're friends with God because of Jesus. If you wanna be part of setting table for fellowship, I, I, I believe one of the most important things you do happens before you get to the group. Now, and that's spend time with Jesus, to connect to Jesus, to be in love with Jesus. And if you're not yet a believer, we wanna invite you into our groups to hear about who Jesus is and what he has done. And as you get to know him and his love, then that love's gonna flow through you to those around you, okay? First one, connect to the cook. Second thing, sacrificially serve others at your table. I don't want to overread what was going on in the early church here but I also don't want to underread it. And so let me just read it and then we'll talk around it. Verse 45. It says and they were selling their possessions. Notice he didn't say they were selling life insurance. They were selling their possessions. They were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Day by day, attending the temple together, which we think was their kind of corporate worship experience, and then breaking up to break bread in their homes... They received their food with, look at this radical connection of people that were selling their possessions. Any of you, would any of you struggle with selling something that you possess to give to to someone else in your group? Like something you love, like selling it to help someone else in your group? These two radical words connect. They said that they were doing it with glad and generous Hearts. Uh, Jesus said it's better to give than receive. And the early church was experiencing it on a radical supernatural level. You can read more about it. Another summary of what was going on in the early church happens at the end of Acts chapter 4. At the end of Acts chapter 4, they talk about this koinos, this, this fellowship that they had for each other. Notice, it was not early communism. Why, why, why was it not early communism? It was not forced. It was not forced. It was not a one-time event. It was happening over time as they learned of needs. They did not sell all their possessions. Uh, they were still meeting in their homes. Uh, they had possessions. We see throughout the book of Acts. They did not sell everything they had. It was not early communism. But they were motivated to do something. Y'all know tax season is coming? Aren't you glad I brought that up? Do y'all think the government is considering telling the people in the United States, hey, we're not gonna actually tell you how much to give. Why don't you just pray about it? And however much you wanna give back to the government, you can do that. What? No, that's not about what was going on. Well, they were connected to the cook and grace was motivating through their life a giving to their community and God uses this to bring them together in a supernatural and powerful way. One of the great enemies of the early church was an emperor in Rome named Hadrian. I mentioned him in the Christmas series. He, in AD 125, Actually built a pagan shrine on top of the cave where the followers of Jesus thought Jesus was born that's where the uh, the church right now is built in Bethlehem of the nativity this man wasn't he was adamantly against Christians and they were trying to squelch it and there was this letter written back to him and in this letter saying here's why I think this this movement that's called the church is blowing up and so I'm going to read this to you it's a famous, you can re- read it by googling it online they have a whole lot more words than what, what I'm reading right now but here's what he wrote they love one another he who has gives to him who has not without boasting and when they see a stranger they take him into their homes and rejoice over him as a very brother and if there's among them any that is poor and needy if they have no spare food they fast two or three days in order to supply to the needy their lack of food the early church blew up why there was this supernatural fellowship a deep connection motivated by their love with Jesus and Jesus' love through them, a supernatural deep connection with and for each other. They were sacrificially serving others at their tables. Can I meddle for a minute? And as I read these words, uh, these words were extremely convicting for me to read something similar and then try to write them out differently to read to you. where is fellowship forged where do we find a deep connection with and for each other are you and am I and there definitely have been times in my life feeling sorry for yourself because of your lack of community rather than asserting yourself to serve in your community could it be that you're showing you love the idea of community more than you are showing you love the actual people in your community? How do you set the table for fellowship, deep connection? You, you sacrifice for the good of those around you. You sacrificially serve those at your table. I believe that one of the reasons that our church has been around for 150 years is there are many groups in our church that are doing this. And I've done this for a long time. And I see it all the time. One of the ways I saw it this week, we have a, a man and a woman, a couple in our church, deeply loved, have been part of our church, serving in our church for years. They moved out of our church to Arkansas. And their house in McKinney had not yet sold. They're a group of men and also women helping make it happen. It started on Monday and they're going to be spending two weeks repainting. And I went over on Wednesday and saw what's going on. And they're doing an incredibly detailed job of repainting their home so that this house will sell. Why? Because this man's going to give them anything. In re- He's in Arkansas right now. This is what happens in the church. How do you set the table for the fellowship? Connect to the cook. Sacrificially serve others at your table. And last and finally, transparently share your needs and allow others to serve you. Look with me at the text, verse 45 again. It says, "Then they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all but they had no idea who to give it to is that what they were saying no as any had need there were people in their groups that were being open about their needs and then the group stepped in to meet them verse 46 and day by day attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes they just kept giving. There was only giving going on. No, there was also receiving at the table. They received their food with glad and generous hearts. Uh, some of you, a few of you uh, have already said, yes, I'm gonna step up to help meet the need of the cold people in McKinney over the next few days. And that's wonderful. Uh, in McKinney, there are people that, that financially need help so they can get food and we have partners and we're trying to help with that but around us in our church most of the needs are not food or a heater Uh, most of the needs around us are actually I think harder for us to share at times because it involves swallowing our pride and saying I'm grieving I'm walking through a difficult season at work in a way that I'm responding to maybe for you sinfully but at the table because of Jesus and what he has done you can bring it to the table and be open at your table my marriage is hurting Uh, my 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 child is a prodigal and running hard the other way uh, in a few weeks, I cannot wait. We're going to get to talk about prayer in our groups and it's such an important part of community. But I think one of the ways that we dodge this is actually when we pray for each other. I think you've seen it, you've been in groups. There's this big step that happens when prayer moves from being, I'm praying for your aunt's cousin's job situation," to "I'm broken. And I need someone to hold my arms up right now. And, and that transition happens when there are people in the group that help set the table for fellowship by transparently sharing their needs and allowing others to serve them. When I was in seminary, I took a class on counseling that I have needed to get a lot of reminders of and some through my own personal counseling. <laughs> um, but you know that intimacy with another person doesn't begin with you taking them through a firing squad asking them all the things that are messed up in their life they will teach you that intimacy with another person growing a social connectedness actually comes by you being vulnerable and transparent about what is really happening in your life and it's hard isn't it but that's where masks come off Uh, that's where we talk about something that is deeper than the cowboys which go cowboys by the way that's where lives are shared accountability isn't invited that's where tenderness flows that's where people really do become like brothers closer than a brother as the bible calls us to and sisters and that's where we get to carry each other's burdens what's the result praising God and having favor with the people the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved I began with saying our world knows we need social connectedness and we want to invite you in the room to be part of setting the table in the groups you're part of to help people in the groups you're part of by you personally connecting to cook serving those sacrificially that are in your groups and transparently sharing your needs. But also, if you're not in a group, we want to invite you to connect with us. Watch this story, and Ben will close.
1: Lord, just thank you so much for how many answered prayers that you have um, taken care of, and just blessed us and other members of our church, and especially our new community that we've found. I just pray that you continue to bless us um, through that group. Bless us to be a blessing fill us more through Holy Spirit, to grow in our relationship with You and in our discipleship with one another. God, thank You for this opportunity to get to share. We've
2: been going to First McKinney um, since last February 2023, and uh, we joined our life group uh, beginning of August.
1: It, it wasn't even a question of whether or not we were going to come back next week, <laughs> and uh, we haven't stopped coming since then. And uh, I think it just checked all the boxes for what we were looking for, for good teaching, good community, that small, big church atmosphere where you're still meeting lots of new people but you're always seeing a lot of the same people again too.
2: Yeah, everyone in our group is just brand new to McKinney and uh, they're all looking for community. We went and played frisbee golf and we have parties, get-togethers, yeah. We go out to lunch pretty much every Sunday after church.
1: Even though we're a little bit more introverted ourselves, we uh, come Halloween time, you're like, oh, that'd be really fun to do a couple's costume party. And, like, you
2: know, we have no one's doing that. Why, why not?
1: Well, let's do it. We'll do it.
2: And our group went all out. Yeah, yeah. They did
1: not disappoint. It was great. So we'll have to do it again next year. It was a lot of fun.
2: Our house isn't the biggest but we managed to fit some more chairs in yeah. <laughs> and you cram everybody in here and we still had a great time
1: building community it requires effort and it requires um, energy but it's always worth it when you open up a seat at the table for other people that's where the lord shows up and does amazing things and a lot of that just requires us to be willing to open our hearts and open our lives to other people and learn to do that we have that that open classroom for those who are coming in looking for that community because we're all uh, a part of the body of christ looking for that and we all have a place at the table Living in community really means you're building relationships with one another. And that's how discipleship always happens. It's always through the context of relationship. And that's what uh, we've been able to find in our group. We uh, heard from Sam this idea of forging community and how real authentic community is not just found, but it's, it's forged. And don't be afraid to open up your home to people who are oftentimes great, wonderful people. And I, yeah, I love our group and the people that we've found. Uh, it's been a huge encouragement. After many years of praying to find our people, we have our people now. I'm Justin, and this is Taylor. We're the Moors, and we love that we've found a place at the table through our life group, and we hope and pray that you can find one as well.
0: Smash the like button, subscribe, share with friends, and turn on notifications if you'd like to stay up to date with us. And thanks again for joining us.